to Perspectives, a podcast by Essence Learning LLC, and a place where leaders learn from leaders. Let's join today's episode. Hello, welcome to Perspectives. Today's podcast topic is Operating at Your Max. I'm Valerie Wilson from Essence Learning. I'm so excited to have you here with us today. And we have a panel full of experts who's going to help guide us in our conversation around operating at your max. I'd love to introduce you guys, but I would uh, think it'd be a bit more beneficial to our learners if you tell a little bit about yourself. So we'll just start with you, John. Can you just share a little bit about yourself to our learners before we get started? Sure. Uh, My name is John Davidson. I'm a people business partner. And over the past uh, 15 years or so, I've supported groups across um, operations, marketing, product development, uh, design, engineering. So quite a quite an array there, but really excited to be here. Yes, good. Welcome, John. 15 years. It's been a long time since we've met. And that's when you said that, that kind of took me back a little bit. So <laughs> wow, that's, time does fly. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Marcy, how about you? Tell a little bit about yourself to our listeners. Thank you. My name is Marcy Jordan. I am a employment discrimination mediator, and I also own Jordan HR Consultants. I've been mediating and consulting for well over 20 years, and I am so pleased to be here. Thank you, Marcy, for joining us. Welcome. Glad to have you. And uh, certainly not least, but we have Katrina here. Katrina. Hi, thank you for having me. So I'm Katrina Freeman. I own Anchor Solutions Consulting. I am a project manager by trade. Um, I focus in building out project management plans, strategic planning for um, our community development programs. Welcome, welcome, Katrina. Thank you for joining us. So how many years have you been in, in, in um, this space, Katrina? I have been I've been working in the public health space for about 13 years. I was working in the DEI world before DEI actually became like what I was doing. So access to care, health equity, that is like my bread and butter. Wow. So look at all the years of experience that we have in this space today. So I hope our listeners tapped into that because we really are going to ask you to share a lot about your experiences about how did you and how do you operate at your max? Uh, operating at your max indicates that, you know, really that's a term that's used probably more often than not, you know, around people that are, are fast forward thinkers, moving fast and all of those things. What's your perception of operating at your map at your max? What does that mean to you when someone says that to you or you feel that you need to operate at your max? What does that mean? I'm going to throw this to you, John, and kind of let you get started on this discussion, but definitely Katrina and Marcy jump right in uh, to support with your thoughts around what is operating at your max. What does that mean to you? I think for me, the initial reaction that I have is that it's a term that can be easily misunderstood. And so making sure that we have a common understanding of what it means to operate at our max and that all parties that are part of this conversation, whether it's leader or employee or yourself, need to really understand what it is that you expect out of you know that relationship and how you can best in your own way operate at your max. And so understanding your own max is, is crucial before you can really decide what that's going to be. So having a common understanding, I think for me, is, is the biggest thing about what that term should be. So a common understanding of what max is and how yes. that. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, mm-hmm. all Common understanding. You want to add to that. What is? What does that mean to you, Marcy? What does operating at your max mean to you? 
just really uh, common understanding is that understanding between what you're supposed to do, how you're supposed to do it, what your expectations are and everybody else's expectations. And like John mentioned, working at your max can be kind of scary because people think, okay, you're going 90 miles an hour. It's not, it's really working at your maximum compassion, compassion. I'm sorry, it's been a long day, but at your top level where you're working smarter, not harder, and you got everything where you know what to do, how to do it, when to switch, when to prioritize, when to even step back. So that's really what working at your max is. And then also learning to tell people, I got to step back or I got to slow down or I got to change focus. So, you know, it all works together. All right. This is good. It's good stuff. So how about you, Katrina? I'll just hop in real quick. For me, operating at your max is like utilizing your your skills, your experience, your expertise, and making sure that you're actually able to work to your full potential. So, look, if you're in a position and you know that you can do more, but you're not your your skills are being underutilized, how do you make sure that you're making sure that your skills, your expertise are actually efficient, they're effective, that you're actually able to, like Marcy was saying, not overcapacitate yourself, but make sure that you're operating the most efficient manner possible. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you guys are describing, thank you for that, Katrina, describing a way that we have to pull all that together. So as leaders or uh, people who are part of the team, we've got to figure out what Max looks like mm-hmm. for us individually. And then I guess I'm hearing you say what it looks like as a team. Um, and then identifying, I think we talked about the capacity that which we can work in. So what's the capacity of me individually and the team? And then how do I operate in that capacity and how do I encourage others operating that. So we talk about resources, working smarter. One of the things that I heard Marcy say is, you know, you got to know when to step in, when to step back, you know, when to move around. And that kind of reminded me of uh, my Kenny Rogers song. It's my theme song, No When to Hold Them, No When to Fold Them. John, you should remember that from years back. <laughs> but that's kind of um, thought about, you know, how do you operate at your full maximum without either being a scary thing that we were talking about. How do we, what makes it scary is we oftentimes don't know when to pull back or when to stop and we're going at full speed mm-hmm. at that wall. So when we mm-hmm. think about operating at our max and the capacity that you will and the with the definition that you all gave us, as listeners, I you know, I'm wondering if you could tell us what would be the benefit to to me, to the organizations that we work with, why is why is that important for us to operate at, at its max? I know to some people that may sound like, oh, this is more productive and more resourceful. But you know, beyond that, what are what are the benefits of operating at your max? I would say for me, job satisfaction, because if you're actually use, utilizing all your potential, then you're happy because people recognize what you have and what you can bring to the table and what you can add to the organization. And if not, then what's going to happen? You're gonna lose your best employees because they're not satisfied. They're not being utilized to their benefits or have you even found out what is their max? What do they have to bring to the table? Because it could be something exactly what you're looking for, but if you don't find out, they're not gonna work at their max. You're not gonna be able to work at your max. And guess what? You're gonna lose your best employees to your competitor or somewhere else because you never found out. You never took that opportunity to find out what is their max? What what do they have to offer? Mercy, that's a great 
thing that I'd like to just kind of jump on there for a minute. I, that's when I spoke about it being a commonly misunderstood term or have the ability to be is that everyone's definition of it has the potential to be different. And so taking the time, like you mentioned, for a leader to work with their people or for you know that person to work with their leader to talk about what that max is. Hey, what you know, do I feel that I can do? What do I feel that I can do that I'm not doing right now? Or drilling down a little bit further, what is this person's passions, motivations, deflators that drive them to want to operate at their max? Mm -hmm. And so having those conversations up front is, I think, in my mind, foundational to making sure that all parties are starting from the same place, have a good understanding or reading from the same book about what each individual is able to bring to that equation in terms of operating at their max. Right, exactly. The thing that I would add is just like being able to define your values. Like, so Marcy was saying, like, if I don't feel valued at a place, I'm not going to stay where I don't feel valued, heard or respected. Um, I've worked at organizations where they had a lot of internal uh, potential. They had a lot of skill sets. But every time we looked up and I'm an independent contractor myself, so I appreciate the business. But every time we looked out, we were always constantly um, contracting skills that we already have within our actual population. So why not help elevate that team that you have and help build out those leadership skills like if maybe they haven't showed that skill set to you but maybe they're interested in it and they need to understand like what do i need to do to maybe have that stretch assignment so instead of companies constantly contracting out how do we start to build within and then maybe have a contractor come and help that employee that staff start right. having those consultants come in to build them up so then we can have sustainability right and just like you were saying, Katrina, the saddest thing in the world, and I've worked in many organizations, is a supervisor or a manager or director coming to a person going, well, I didn't know. Well, I didn't know they left because they were not satisfied. I didn't know that they had their skill sets. And it's like, did you ask? And if you ask, you can find out and not that there's anything wrong with independent contractors. I have my own business. But yet and still, if you have that talent, in the organization why not utilize it and see what you can develop but if not it's wasted talent it's just like somebody buying a ferrari but driving it only 35 miles an hour what you get it for the show or for the performance and that's getting the top employee and driving them 35 miles an hour instead of maximum speed awesome share a quick story <laughs> what'd you say I was just going to share a quick story about that. So I was working for a company and a, a promotion came available and the um, supervisor, it wasn't my direct supervisor, it was the director. And she says, I would really love to promote you, but you don't have your master's. I said, excuse me? She says, yeah, you don't have your master's degree. I said, ma'am, I have two master's degree. What do you mean I don't have a master's? And she says, oh, well, I never knew. And it was just like having those conversations with your employees and mm -hmm. seeing like what they already come to the table with and then how do you leverage upon that? So for me, that was kind of like, opening like oh my own employer didn't know what kind of skills i had already in my tool belt right. so so with that being said because you know some leaders manage new folks coming in some people manage a, a larger group some manage leaders and are you know two tiers down how do we share in the responsibility of employees to tell you know how do we encourage you to be able to tell what your max is, what is your potential, so that it's not only up to the leaders. Okay. You know, we're operating at our max, so how do we help the employees feel empowered to share our max too? Uh, how, do, how do we help that? How do we help our members do that? Because I can see where leaders would miss 
uh, knowing every every opportunity as it comes up that I should have put Marcy in that mm -hmm. spot, and it's been a great opportunity for John to develop. Or Katrina already has the skills, and she could drive this pretty quickly. How do I, as a leader, uh, share that responsibilities with my employees? I start. Are you going to start? Go ahead. Right here. <laughs> so if you're having like one-on-ones with your employees, have them um, identify like what are the things that they're passionate about. So we understand what the job description has. Those are like the black and whites of this is what has to get done. But what outside of that job description, there's that little small bullet at the bottom that says other duties as assigned. How do we maximize on that bullet point that says other duties as assigned? Because now I have a skill set. These are my interests. How do I start to do stretch assignments that bring value to your organization that helps develop efficiency in our processes. So those are just some of the things that I was thinking about, like, okay, maybe they may not know my skill set, but if we're having that one-on-one -on -one conversation, then it's up to the, also the employee to start saying, these are the things that I'm interested in. How can you get me into position to start showing these skills to the organization? So take right. advantage those one-on-one -on -one opportunities as an employee, not just mm -hmm. goals, but to use that as an opportunity to share in what you can do and what you'd like to do, right? Right. And Katrina said it exactly. You know, those one-on-ones are very, very important because that's the opportunity for the employee to say, hey, look, I just finished my master's. I just took the certification class, different things like that. But as well, the employee got to feel comfortable talking to that supervisor and manager because unfortunately we get people in the positions of management and they feel intimidated or they don't ask the questions either, you know, for a wide variety of reasons. And you're not having that very good interactive conversation. People are talking at each other, but not talking to each other, or people are not listening, but they're so formulating on what do I say to this person that they miss those little key subtle things of going, oh yeah, I did this, or I took this class and they're busy writing and they didn't hear that you took a certification class and now you can do data analysis or you took another HR class or you got your PHR or SPHR or anything like that. They, they missed all of that. And with that, the employee is going to shut down and not say anything. And guess what? That employee is going to be gone. And it's everything that you were looking for just walked out the door. So it's a matter of making sure that employee feels comfortable to talk to you about what's going on. And the employee go, hey, look, I want this opportunity. Here's what I have. Sometimes you do have to just say, you know what? You know, pat yourself on the back. Go ahead and toot your own horn because if you don't toot it nobody else do and let them know i got this 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 i got this skill set i am qualified to do all of this you know and then what they do with it hopefully they'll accept it if not it's their loss not my problem it's your problem i think for me it comes down to it comes down to two kind of main main things that i would like to you know consider on, on this one is that to, to comments that have already been mentioned, there has to be a culture of you know openness around these type of conversations. Yes. That's mm -hmm. the leadership level. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I, I honestly believe that. And so it's our frontline leaders that really have the biggest impact on, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, what culture we create. Are we creating a space where we are open to providing opportunities for folks to operate at their max? And then on, on the other side, for us to flip that around and get the most, you know, ROI on our, you know, investment on in our biggest, you know, resource, which is our people. The other component I think is having tools that enable those conversations. So whether it's uh, shared documents around, you know, one-on-one, -on -one, shared 
resources around career planning or individual development plans or uh, you know, sitting down and talking about goals. Just having, having something that helps facilitate that conversation so that the employees know, hey, this tool is here for you. You can use it and then that's either automatically or you can then share it with your leader to then have a more productive, robust conversation about where are you operating now? Where do you feel that you can operate? We can align on whether or not we agree on that, but then let's talk about how we get you there you know, and, and have a, a more robust conversation. So the culture has to exist, but then having appropriate yeah. tools that put that power in the hands of the employees can help drive, you know, through that culture, you know, the, the results that we want to see in this. Yeah, I, I love the idea that we're creating this culture that makes it safe for people to operate no matter who you are within the organization at your, at your max and to be take ownership of that and, and it um, part of what you can do and not have to wait on your leaders to make that path for you. And mm -hmm. so I, I'll, go ahead, Katrina. I see oh, you. Oh, no, right. when you finish, I just had a question. Yeah, just jump in. Uh, um, so I was thinking, like, how would y'all maybe encourage somebody that might be a little bit more reserved or introverted? So, like, for me, it's easy to hop out. And sometimes I might not be as empathetic because I don't, I forget that sometimes people are reserved and that they're shy to raise their hand, speak up, or, or volunteer for things. So, how do you even get out of that comfort zone to begin with? It's difficult. Uh, sometimes, you know, you may have a great idea, but you're scared to approach management because you don't know how they're going to react. That's when sometimes you can solicit an ally or send an email or something like that. And hopefully they will uh, be open to, hey, come on, let's sit down. Let's talk about this and let's get the dialogue going. So sometimes you may have to solicit an ally to be your, your wingman, as they would call it. And then possibly get that started that way it is difficult and if you're not a real extrovert like i am uh yeah i got i'm definitely an extrovert extrovert but i do have co-workers that are introvert and they're just like well what do you think and i said well i think it's a good idea if you want me to go with you and sit with you while you present it just so i'm there as moral support i have no problem and the way I look at it is if it's a good idea or a good suggestion, it's not going to do anything but benefit everybody in the long run. So why not um, encourage an employee to do this or a coworker or something like that? And a small story like you had, Katrina, um, this company that I worked for, and I remember the director had an open door policy and he, it was really open door. That's what he meant. And I had come to him about, look, I hear a problem. I see a problem. This is what's going on. He says, oh, okay. Well, here's what we're going to do. I want you to go ahead, write it down. Uh, i give you a couple of days, present it. Then we're going to talk about how we can work together to get it resolved, who you need to help you. Uh, do we need outside organizations and everything else? And it went from just an idea to he helped me get outside organizations, other state agencies and everything else to resolve the problem. And then when it was all said and done, he said, this is her, this was her idea. This was not my idea. I just helped her put this idea forward. And that was like, whenever I get in a position of management, that's what I want to do to make sure that I encourage this person going, okay, you got a problem. How can we fix it? What do you need from me? And then when it gets done, this was hers. All I did was just help put everything in place so this person can shine. And that was wonderful. And that's the way it should be. 
because that way a person is working at their maximum. They feel like they're valued, they're wanted, their ideas are appreciated. And you do not know the potential this person has just to say, that's a good idea. I like that. I appreciate that. Thank you. It, it, it means us so much. Great stories. How about you, John? Anything to add before we? I was just going to say, Marcy, to your to your last point there. Turning around and providing that recognition further empowers that individual to do mm -hmm. the same things in the future, so that they know that that's an option. So it, it creates a new level of that person's max and, and their mm -hmm. ability their ability to then operate at that new level. The other thing that I'll share just briefly is, you know, as a leader, when you have individuals that are less prone to speak up in front of a group or to raise their hand or to voice, you know, their perspectives. Um, you know, making sure that we check our bias in a situation that may come up there because we may perceive mm -hmm. them to be less engaged or we may perceive them mm -hmm. to be less experienced, but they may be generally or genuinely uncomfortable, you know, communicating in a setting like that, raising their concerns. They may not, they may be new, they may not know what the boundaries are in terms of the culture and the norms of how to approach situations like that. So maybe pulling them aside individually and separately in your regular one-on-ones to say, hey, you know, I noticed that, you know, this is something that occurs, you know, do you have any ideas? I want you to feel comfortable bringing those. Um, you know, and, and help them to reinforce or help to reinforce in them that idea mm -hmm. that you know, I welcome your feedback. I want this to be a, a very team focused environment where we're all working to problem solve this together. So if you have any ideas in the future, you know, please, you know, let us know, reach out. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to do that in our one on ones, great. If you want to do that in the group, great. But, you know, right. I want you to feel comfortable raising those ideas. And then right. you brought up some very excellent points. And that was a great question that you led us off with. Uh, Katrina, and I think one of the things that I want to circle back to is what, what John brought up before is that we have to create that culture um, so that it is safe no matter who you are and uh, what background you come from, what personality you share. The other thing is that, that John brought up that I want to uh, tap into is we, brought, we have to have those tools and the resources in the process to facilitate that. So those folks who may not feel comfortable with either their boss or their peer as well. How do I take ownership of it myself so I can submit it in a format and submit it or, and I can follow up or the one-on-ones, it's, it's created for that opportunity. When you come to your one-on-ones and you have an idea, I want to hear it. And I'm going to set aside this 30 minutes or 20 minutes of our one-on-one -on -one time for that person. I think those processes are considerate um, to your question, Katrina, of those people who may not be, you know, just I, I just go bust down the door and say what I want to say. You, now it's like, okay, great, we have an opportunity. So those processes that we talked about in that culture that you guys uh, identified before helps for all of us, no matter who we are uh, at any time, that I don't have to rely on someone to speak for me. There, those processes are in place for us to do that. So as we, you know, are, we, we spend a lot of time on what it is and even how to facilitate the opportunity for us to operate at our max. So let's imagine in our in our world that we are now have a team of people who are operating at their max. We're in an organization where we're all giving to our full potential. So there's a time when you said, I need to, I may have to step back. Mm -hmm. or there's a time when I have to move to the side or the, how do we navigate that within the organizational to make sure that we are cognizant of people's mental health and people's physical abilities or limitations or situations that may come up in home or personal problems that may, you know, stop them from operating at their full max at all times. How do we as an organization, as leaders, support people who may not be 
at capacity all 99% of the time. How do we help that? How do we support that? Um, just like John said, creating that culture of that inclusiveness, that caring and being in tune with your employees, because if you talk to them and, you know, like everybody is working remotely and stuff, but you can tell when somebody's up, somebody's down, there's something going on and just have that conversation and say, hey, look, you know, um, is there anything I can do? Uh, what can I do for you and everything? And just encourage them. Sometimes it's okay to step back. There's no shame in your game. You're not going to lose anything. You still get cool points and everything. But I think the pandemic taught us that we're human because before we were going 90 miles an hour, we were not human. We were machines. We were all over the place. And the pandemic made us Absolutely. just basically slam into that concrete wall and say, stop, we're human. We have to step back. We're suffering. We we may be dealing with PTSD. We may be dealing with isolation. So we have to be in tune with that, the your employees and make sure that you say, hey, it's okay. And as well as being a leader saying, I need to step back. And if I can step back, you can step back. There's no shame. But if you don't, then you're not doing anybody else any good, especially right. starting with yourself and going with the organization. What are you doing? You're running yourself out. Do you think that's why they added that diversity, equity, inclusion, and well-being to, yes. to the, the whole concept and the construct around being an inclusive workplace that we now yes. also have to think of? We're inclusive. We're all engaged. We're all running at our full max. And then we have to now consider the well-being of of each of us and so mm -hmm. does our max change you know does our capacity change uh and so we have to be able to adjust to that so my max may have been here 90 days ago when we were all but now that you know pandemic hit things may have changed and so not to mm -hmm. that we lower our standards but we had operated this level for a while until we can also strong enough mentally physically capable is that a mm -hmm. is that a fair, a fair assessment yes yeah that's one thing that that i was going to kind of thinking about touching on was just that the need to in the cycle of determining what your max is reassess because that's wow. it that's the component mm -hmm. mm -hmm. levels that ability goes up and down there you um, go. and to to kind of jump back to to at the start of your your uh, comments valerie the the need to lead with humanity first i think is really yes. crucial um yes. you know and whether regardless of what position you're in if you're in a leadership role a, a team member role uh, you know, understanding that we all come to work as someone and someone that comes with a bunch of other things also going on in their life outside of their nine to five mm -hmm. or whatever their schedule is. So um, if we're if we're in an environment where we've created this culture, we're leading with humanity, we, we, we understand everyone's strengths and weaknesses or, or, or their opportunities or growth you know, goals. We can then say, hi, I've got a sick you know, child at home or hi, my dog is sick or hi, my bathroom blew up and I need to call a plumber right now. Um, and, and that's OK. You know, we, we understand that life is going to happen. And, and it's in those moments where we've created enough, you know, uh, psychological safety to be able to step back and say, I, I can do this. This is great. Um, when I come back, I will be back at my max again because I've mm -hmm. taken the time I needed to address what was going on that was reducing my max capacity. Right. Well, I know they're they're doing all sorts of signals back here, letting us know that our time is winding up. But I want to leave. Some, is there anything that you all would like to share? Uh, I'm going to just give you a little time to think about that as I 
recap what, what some of the key points that you all have made around, you know, starting off with leading with humanity um, is how we operate at our, at our, at our, uh, at our max. And then having a common understanding of what max is, what is our capability and our an expectation of what our capacity is, working smarter, not harder, using the resources that we have, knowing when we need to adjust. It's flexible, it's up and it's down. And a smart leader or a smart contributor will know that when they need to pull back and allow other people in that culture to, to, to take take the lead. Okay, I need to pull back, you go ahead and move forward. And we allow for that to happen. And I love that we are creating that culture uh, where it's safe for us to operate at our max, but we're also creating that culture where it's safe for us to pull back and uh, protect our psychological safety, protect our mental well-being and, and, and and then re-engage at our max when it's more appropriate. So um, we talked about opportunities where that may happen, where it may be a short time, where uh, society has caused us to, you know, from a pandemic perspective to stop, or maybe it's just like a case our bathroom blows up. So there's things that happen. Um, and so we, I love the fact that we now know that it operating your max is not in the Ferrari um, analogy at 100 all the time, because it does go to 35, it does go to 55, and it does go to 100. And so us being able to operate um, at our max, at our capability at that time is huge. I think that if we can walk away with understanding that when we say that to how John opened this up, it's not, um, it's a good thing and it could be construed as a bad thing if we don't understand that it's not 100 all the time. It's, you know, it could be 50, 99, but some of us and our culture have to take the lead. What other final things do you have to share with us before we sign off. Anything? Honestly, the word grace is just coming to me. Like, give yes. yourself grace. Like you were saying, you're 100%. It's going to look different every day. It's still going to be 100% is what you're able to offer that day. But just mm -hmm. understanding that it's going to look different. And then the other part of that is take your PTO. You do not get a trophy or award for being the person that showed up for 12 years with no day off burnt out, <laughs> defeated, and depressed, okay? So make sure you take time for yourself because you can't pour from an empty cup. Eventually, that cup's going to run out and you're going to end up pouring air. And nobody wants just air. Nobody. Good point. Thank yeah. you, Katrina. And just making sure that if you feel like you're not being valued in your organization, you're not being utilized, it's the wrong culture, it's the wrong manager, mm -hmm. it's okay to take what you have, walk away, find somewhere else where they appreciate it. And as well, let you work at your max. And if you're working at your max, you're happy. If you're not happy right now, why are you, here? you doing it? You know? I love that, that you brought that up again. So that is a key, key point. Look for your own personal satisfaction. Thank you, Marcy, that was strong. John, anything before we go? Uh, just one last thing, just understanding that everyone's max is different. And so, you know, one person's max may be one, someone else's will do something different. And making sure that we're not comparing those two employees to each other, but we're comparing their work outputs based on the expectations of their role. I think that's really important to make sure that everyone can operate at their max, whatever that max is, as long as it's within the confines of what we need that role to accomplish, then everyone's max is, is sufficient it's regardless sufficient. of what we're good, all good in our, in our space. Thank you all so much. You, you contributed so much to our listeners. I know that People are taking notes and taking away some some uh, heavy heavy tools for us to use. Um, thank you all for joining us. Thank you, listeners, for joining in. Again, thank you all. If there's anything that we could do from Essence Learning, reach us at www.essencelearning.net. We'd love to uh, connect with you. 
Thanks again. Have a great day, I'll say. <laughs>